Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton, producing today across the glass from us happy labor day there gordon monson uh is that a thing labor day is a thing i know it's a thing but i mean is it happy labor day i think it's supposed to be happy labor day right oh i thought it was merry labor day merry labor day (laughs) or or is it just more cold than that like uh, labor day just nothing (laughs) you know just nothing it is labor day right hi gordon Labor Day. <laughs> well, to me, it seems like having the day off is enough for most people. A Labor Day to you. Yeah, not not like a good Labor Day. No, no. And a uh, Labor Day to you. Top of the Labor Day to you. But see, top, that would be like... That's a well-wish. Yeah. And we don't want to do that. No, the whole idea was take the emotion right out of it, just identify the day. No real significance, just Labor Day. How about you get the day off on Labor Day? Well, I think a lot of folks out there are. But it is football season, and it is rivalry week, meaning that uh, we are dedicated to the craft and here and talking to our listeners who we know are very excited because this is uh, one of the best weeks of the year, of course. Explain that to our wives. Uh, they know. Well, mine does. Mine's not in town anyway. Yeah, so, so right. Well, so what are you complaining about? It was this or, or pick the underwear out of your crack. I beg your pardon. <laughs> well, he I'm has just, people to do that. I, I, I'm just saying, it's like Lisa's the engine that makes the social calendar go. We know that. So, oh, not oh, he just it shows you how little you know. What else? Wait, you're supposed to wash your underwear? You got a thing for underwear? Is that... I wear it. I do wear it. You don't go commando? Nope, I do wear it. Feel like it's the right thing to do. Your boys don't need a home, or do need a home. I guess they do. This is getting awfully familiar. Just weird. Let's go back to non-wishes. Labor Monday. Day. Yeah, Monday. Rivalry week. Labor Day. <laughs> exactly. Nice and to the point. Yeah, I mean, not to mention, uh, I think a lot of fans are in a good mood uh, today because things went well for the in-state schools. Uh, SUU, very sorry about that, but, you know. Most everybody else. Weber State, Weber, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But exciting games? W's? How did Dixie do? Anyone know? Is, I'm not sure. Yeah. Is that now, still now we'll get Dixie. Dixie State fans after me for not mentioning that. Is them. that still their name? Uh, on Google it is. Is it? Yeah. How about Snow College? Uh, text Jan. See how they fared. Of College of Eastern from... Utah. Is that a school anymore? What's it called? It's not called College of Eastern Utah. What anymore. is it? USU uh, East. It, yeah, it's USU. Ah. Mm. 
Well, USU had enough good news to sort of spread it all around the place. Yeah, so. in very exciting fashion. It made me wonder if we it, it, are, go is, Aggies. Is Washington State that bad? I mean, I hate to say that, Aggie well, fans. Well, I know I don't mean to step I mean, on. I, I, I do. I, I, I hate. How to, dare you, Gordon? No, I, I don't want to happen to me what happens to Austin all the time when Aggie fan calls him and just badgers him, but. I, 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 you know, I mean, that that's a nice win. Regardless, they're on the road and they're playing, listen, you know, a, a team. Look at you patting well. them on the head. But, at, yeah. at, listen, at risk true. of stepping on the split story here, is the Pac-12 North that bad? Is the Pac-12, well, they won three games out of nine? But it's not the number of wins versus losses that is truly alarming. That's who they lost to. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, Utah State. <laughs> okay, want... so the bright spot for the North, Oregon did get a win. Barely against Fresno, and they had to have a, a strong fourth quarter and finish to do now, it. Is Fresno any good 31, or 31-24. Maybe, but Oregon was supposed to be the hands-down winner of the division, no? Uh, at least that's what the, the media thought uh, going in. Uh, so anyway, there's there's your your uh, your bright spot there for the North. Let's uh, let's go with the the projected runner up in the division, shall we? <laughs> the mighty Washington Huskies. Yeah, that didn't go so. Who well. managed to lose to the Montana Grizzlies? Got mauled. Ugh. Thirteen to seven. Now we know because we follow Big Sky football to a certain extent that uh, Monta- Montana is a fine program and they play good football up there. But listen, if I can be mocked for over a decade for Virginia Tech losing to James Madison, listen, if you're a Washington or if you know a Washington fan out there, you should call them today and rub it in. Yeah, the dogs are dead. Uh, so that that went well for them. Let's go to uh, let's go to like Stanford. That? Let's go to Stanford, who had a matchup against Ooh. Kansas State. You know, an okay opponent from the Big Twelve. They just got stomped twenty four to seven and really weren't ever in the game. No. How about the uh, how about the mighty beeves? <laughs> Traveled to Purdue to lose thirty to twenty one. That one you might have expected. And uh, now Cal was the team that I thought was might make a move in the North. I thought Cal had some potential. You know, maybe that defense. Maybe they've got an upperclassman quarterback. Don't talk about anything moving in the North. You know, because uh, you know, stop it. Sam Bam lost to Nevada twenty two to seventeen. Not good. And then of course the game. That you were referring to the Aggies come back to win 26-23 on the Palouse against Washington State. I'm happy. I'm happy for the Aggies. I mean, look, last year was a a really bad situation for them, and they have a new coach. They brought in a bunch of transfers, and nobody really knew. I still am not sure, but uh, obviously off to a— what they would consider a fantastic start. And I heard Blake Anderson on with the fellows this morning and uh, seemed pretty chipper. I'm sure. I'm sure he was. Great start. First time, man, I don't have Scotty's tweet in front of me, but first time they beat a P5 opponent since like 94 or something like that. I'll, I'll look up the exact stat so I don't do it uh, any injustice, but Scotty had that out. Um, so absolutely a great start for him. But it, it, I don't know if people have been paying attention that closely, but that has got to be the worst week in division, North Division history, right? <laughs> well, it can't get much worse. They all lost? And they, no, 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 Oregon won, excuse me. But outside of that. and they Oregon all, gets their losses next week, right? Well, we'll see. They all lost games they should have won. 
I agree. I mean, maybe you would stay, say that Kansas State, Stanford is excusable, but and not to throw PK under the bus here, he wasn't the only one. But PK was telling me they had a shot at the division, and maybe they do, because the rest of the division is just well, terrible. Week one is a weird week, and I know that sounds like an excuse for these teams that lost, but it's it, it it's just a weird week. But should you be losing some of these games? No, not if you're a good team. And Nevada it may turn out to be a pretty good team in the Mountain West, but still, Cal, this wasn't supposed to be bottom feeder Cal here. Yeah. This team was supposed to be a team that was maybe not the division champ, but on the rise. Well, you were at Pac-12 Media Day. What was the vibe down there? Yes, that was the vibe, yeah. or at least that I interpreted it. Yeah. PK wasn't I mean, uh, buying into it as much as I did, but no, he picked Stanford, right? So pretty crazy. That that is pretty crazy. The most impressive win for the Pac-12 was UCLA over LSU, and I don't know how good LSU really is, but um, they have some athletes for sure. And UCLA, I mean, they deserve a lot of credit, and I don't know whether it's the truth because I don't know any whether anything's the truth. After the first week, but that was a nice showing for them, particularly on defense. I mean, I, I thought the Bruins really looked uh, competitive in that regard, and so good for them. All right, hit us with that, Austin. Uh, road win at a Power 5 team. First time for Utah State since 1971 they won on the road against a Power 5. Wow. Oh. And they've since come 71? close. one. They've come close years? against some really good teams because they almost beat Auburn. They almost Tennessee. beat Tennessee. They almost beat Wisconsin. Remember that? I think came down to a field goal. With LSU Gary. was close for a little while. I thought. But well, yeah, that, I thought that, for sure wasn't close the year, for the whole game. The year Chucky was leading them, I thought they had Auburn beat that year. That was Chucky's first start. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he they they had them. Yeah. How did they lose that game? I okay. still don't know. Well, let's not dwell on those games. They got the oh, win. Sorry, <laughs> Wake Forest. They did. They they won that at home though, didn't they? They won the Wake game at yeah. home, and I think they lost. Lost at Wake. At yeah. Wake. So. And then of course they've had Utah. So. The and it's their first P five win since uh, Utah at home in what was that 2011? Yes, when? their final year in the Mountain West. Yeah. Or their first year at. It would be their first year as a Pac-12 team. Yeah. First year as a Pac-12 team, I think. Because yeah. they haven't lost a non-conference game in the Pac-12 since. Anytime that you do something that hasn't been done for 50 years in your program, you deserve a good celebration. Well, and, and you know what? Washington State may turn out to stink. Likely will turn out to stink. But listen, you can at least, I think, have confidence a little bit that the, the new coach, Blake Anderson, knows what he's doing because, you know, coached well enough to go out there and win a close football game on the road yeah. against a Pac-12 team, you know, if it's all up from here, then that's a that's a pretty good sign. So Yeah, I, uh, you know, tip of the cap. Because he didn't inherit a great situation, as we talked no, about last week. No, he did not. And a lot of changes, a lot of things in transition. And when things are in transition, usually early in a season, you can see, even if a team is going to make improvement, uh, usually it takes a while. Not so. Apparently. All right, so there, there's a little Aggie combo for you, and a little overall Pac-12 combo combo for you. I, I agree with you, Gordon. If you look at conference whole, as a whole, it wasn't a particularly good week for the Pac-12, mainly because of the North Division. Although Arizona did lose, of course, to BYU, and let's get to that uh, for our split story today. 
Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. And off Algier. Breaks into the open and he's going to walk it in or leap it in. BYU has the first points of this game and their first touchdown of 2021. They bring some pressure. BYU picked it up nicely. They gave Hall time to throw. Downfield. Steps up. Now he's going to run for it. He's got a lot of green out in front. Down the left sideline. There's the speed of Hall inside the 20. And he ducks out of bounds. Big game, Jaron Hall. Out of the timeout. going to sprint right and deliver. Inside the five. Powell lunged for the pylon. He got there. Touchdown. Cruz pump fake. Now going backwards. And he tries to fling it away. They're going to call him down. Well, that's where he supposed to get rid of the ball. He couldn't do it. BYU brought the pressure. Was with all kinds of time, going deep and throwing it into coverage. Throwing right to the BYU defender. And it's intercepted in the back of the end zone. Hayden Livingston. I, I still feel like we, we could have gotten ourselves in a better position to you know, score more points on offense. I mean, they had way more plays than we did. If I'm going to talk about our defense, I, I like the way they handled most of the run game. Keenan said it himself. We, we had to tackle better. All right, Gordon, 24-16, BYU beats Arizona in front of a largely BYU crowd down in Las Vegas, which, quick pet peeve, and then I want to get your thoughts on the game. Okay. Saw a lot of, of uh, uh, like, headlines that talked about Provo fans travel. And it's like, yeah, I mean, BYU fans travel, of course, but this is part of the value of BYU. There's BYU fans everywhere, particularly in Las Vegas. Yeah, there's a lot. So I'm sure plenty of people made the, the trek from the Wasatch Front down to Las Vegas, because why wouldn't you? And there were a ton of BYU fans there. But that headline kind of bugs me. Well, because Tom Homo even said that he when he was talking to Mike Garrett before that USC game, and Mike Garrett told him, man, you guys travel really well. And he said, see these people around here in the BYU gear? They're your neighbors. Yeah, they That's live who they there. are. <laughs> and and as we talked about last week, it's part of the reason that independence was appealing to them because they could play, you know, all across the country and fans in Florida and Georgia and Massachusetts have all had a chance to go see BYU play. And we see every week how well represented they are. Anyway, that that headline just bugs me. But BYU on the field, Gordon, go. Uh <laughs> Well, there were uh, BYU went up 21 to 3. And seemed to be just moving right along. And uh, then they kind of stalled out a little bit from that point forward. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I think Jaron Hall is going to be a really good quarterback. He showed a little something. Early on in that game, he looked nervous. He looked nervous to me. But as the game went on, that throw to Powell was one of the best throws I've ever seen. Well, I mean— he, because he had he had pressure coming at him, and he unloaded that ball, and it dropped down perfectly in Neil Powell's hands for a touchdown. That 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 was really something. And then that run he had around the left side showed his athleticism. But I he's gonna he's gonna be all right. He he really is. I think. I don't know how long it'll take him to get to the point where he can pull a game out. At the end, when the Cougars are trailing, because uh, usually that is achieved as a uh, as a as a quarterback gets a little more savvy to his game. 
but yeah, he's he's going to be all right. Uh, and so, and and Tyler Algier is what we expected him to be. Um, and BYU's defense, though, Jake, this is this is. I know they they kept Arizona under wraps for the most part, but that that defense lacks speed. Yeah, they gave up a lot of yards. They they did. They gave up yards. They were good against the run. run. Well, people but... people kept yeah eighty one yards. They gave up, but people were saying, oh well, they were missing tackles. Well, yeah, they did miss tackles, but when you're out of position to make the proper tackle uh, because you don't have enough speed, that's going to be an issue moving forward for that D, in my opinion. Well, I think there are a variety of reasons, and you hope some of them are coachable and those are tightened up. But, yeah, there's probably some built-in stuff in there, too. Although I did have high hopes for the potential of the secondary for BYU coming into this year, so maybe they can fix some stuff. But they gave up a lot of yards. Yeah. Yeah. 365 through the through the air. And that's what's going to happen. If BYU really can stop the run, and I'm not 100% sure on that, but if they can stop the run, and this is true for Utah as well, uh, when defenses can do that, then it forces teams to throw the ball, obviously, because there's no other way to move it. And that, that secondary and that linebacking core is going to have to do a better job in, in that regard. Because if you're allowing Arizona, which was an absolute bottom feeder last year, and I understand it's a new team. They will be again, but, though. But, yeah. I mean, people say, oh, well, I heard the announcers kept saying, oh, it's a new era in Tucson. I'm going, come on. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Maybe we should give this guy the, the benefit of the doubt, but I don't think it's turning around on a dime. And another but, thing is you'll notice, Jake, that BYU could not get pressure on the quarterback without bringing extra assets. Yep. And that's that's an issue. Because if well, you have to bring a whole bunch of extra assets to put pressure on a quarterback, you better hope he's not – and that was a young quarterback, but you better hope he, he can't find – because if you're bringing all those assets, there's somebody open. you know. Well, and it'll be the balance that uh, Coach Tuiaki and, and Coach Sataki will have to figure out. And, yeah, I think the defense can get better. But this, this game was more about BYU to me than it was Arizona. Arizona kind of proved themselves to me who kind of – they're going to be – they're going to have a tough year, but if they've got the right guy in place, you might see some signs of, of playing a little bit better. But I think they're what we expected. I mean, they only put up 16 points after all. We're not talking about like a 40-point performance from the BYU defense here. But Right, uh, and 14 I, I, of them came from, you know, uh, that, that safety uh, was done by the defense. Yeah, right. So Which I mean, was a really bad call, by the way. I, I love you, A-Rod, and, and I respect your knowledge. But what the hell was that? You don't hand the ball off deep in your end zone. I mean, that that was a terrific play by Arizona, but that that was conceptually a bad idea. Handing the ball to Katoa four five yards deep into your end zone. That's that wasn't good. But BYU on the whole, they got the win. So the coaches didn't have the perfect game either. Just no. to put that out there, yeah, you know. So yeah. this, my point being, this was more about BYU. I, I I agree with most of your your assessment right there. I, you know, Jaron Hall didn't play the perfect game, but I think we all saw what we saw a little bit of in 2019, where you thought to yourself, you know, if this guy can stay on the field, he can he can play a little bit, and I think that was certainly confirmed. I love his story. You know, I think his story is great. The the two sport athlete played his way up the depth chart, made an historic start back in in 2019. I mean, there's 
There's a lot to to like about this dude. And, and, you know, as we get to know Charlie Brewer a little bit better at Utah, you know, maybe some of those stories emerge there as well. But we certainly know Jaron's story, and it's a cool one. And so uh, I thought he performed well. Um, and Neil Pau, shout out to Hans, who's been saying that, uh, that Pau is going to be the guy uh, at receiver for BYU all camp long. And he sure played out like it in game number one. Well, he had to be. You know, Gunnar Romney gets hurt, and uh, the Nakua brothers aren't available or – they didn't play, and so they didn't have a whole lot of choice. But he had a ball game, Gordon. I mean, eight, eight receptions, catches, 126 yeah. yards, and two touchdowns, that, and making the plays the way that he did. Yeah, I mean, he he balled out. I don't care who was available. He was he was terrific. It makes you wonder what BYU will be able to do once they have their full stable of receivers. It, it was so interesting, Jake, a position we thought that they had an embarrassment of riches at, and in the first game going, whoa, Oh, who's this guy? Who's that guy? They had to go deep into the roster in order to to do that. I imagine that the Nakua brothers will make a difference in that regard. And then because of that situation, you would have thought they would have been able to take advantage of their tight ends, but they couldn't do that. And, uh, you know, the, the other team gets filmed too. So Arizona might have been scheming to take that away because I think every team is going to scheme to take that away because that's a, a certainly a position of strength. If I'm BYU and you're going to hate this take, I'd think about running more. I don't mind that. I think Tyler Algier is terrific. You look I at, would give him more carries. How many carries did 17. he have? 17. And, and you know, that's, that's not bad. It's healthy, but, but I I think it could be more. And yeah. uh, I know that uh, that – this wasn't Katoa's perfect game by any means, but I've also thought highly of him throughout his career. I like Algier so, much more than I like Katoa. Well, but, he's he's RB one certainly. Yeah. Uh, I think I think but, I, I think Algier should get more of Katoa's carries. I don't know opinion. if I'm agreeing with that. I, I, just well, I, the, that's just my opinion. Although Katoa is nice, he had nine carries. Yeah. yeah, I mean, talking about a relief back, that's probably somewhere in the neighborhood. Can't complain too much. But yeah, I might bump up Algiers a little bit. I mean, they ran the ball 34 times. That's that's probably a pretty good number. You heard what uh, Kalani Sataki said. Uh, BYU only had 60 plays in that game. You know? Long gone are the days of Dr. Bob getting over 100 uh, snaps a game, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. And, of course, you're going to limit some of your stars' touches by uh, only running that many plays. Do you remember that was one of those uh, – what did we call they have, it? They have 60 or 60 – what, they have 60? 63? 63, something like that, and Arizona had 20 more? Um, yeah, the go-fast-go-hard era, Austin. But what do we call it when, is the the repetitive national narrative or whatever on teams where every time they're on national TV you get the same stupid narratives? Like, uh, Zach Wilson grew up a Utah fan, you know, that that sort of thing. I think we expanded it all sports like, uh, like Matt Harpering uh, plays football. But – the go fast, go hard was the number of snaps and go and that whole thing. Do you remember every game? It was like, we're going to see this BYU team run an incredible amount of plays. Dr. Bob. Uh, <laughs> the culture, going fast, going hard on every play. And boy, do they, Chuck. Yes, they do. They go fast. They go hard. This this team from BYU is going to have a zillion plays. And we're going to talk about going fast and going hard for this entire game. Back to you. That sounded just like that BYU-Arizona broadcast. 
different words, but again, I can't blame the national media too much because they pick up on the same stuff because it's likely, you know, an interesting whatever. But for those of us that consume every single minute of every single game, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, John but... Beck lives in in wherever, and he's he's <laughs> driving Beach. he's driving down there every forty five minutes. We got it. He he drove the world uh, circumference uh, two times over during the pandemic, and it was really something. Well, but I got you, it. You would I think, got it. You would think those guys since they do so many BYU games that they might, you know. Yeah, but their job is to make it uh, interesting to the national audience. So they don't pick up on the, you know, well, Mason Wake, uh, he he did his homework twice yesterday, once with physics and uh, the other time with uh, calligraphy. <laughs> his major <laughs> calligraphy. His major uh, calligraphy, yeah. Did he have, did he have, uh, he had, he had mom on his arm. In that game, I thought he had that written out. Good for him. Yeah. Well, we'll talk to him tomorrow. So that's uh, uh, going to be awesome. Uh, Gordon, we do have an action-packed show for today, however. Rivalry Week is here. Tanner Megum is going to be on the show at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll have the Coach Witt uh, presser highlights for you uh, at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Um DJ and PK had a conversation with Samson Nakua. We'll hear a little bit of that at 4.30. Coach Satake's press conference uh, highlights at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And then we begin our weekly conversations with Cole Fotheringham at 5.30. Is that all we got? Jeez. Austin. Hey, it's Labor Day. (laughs) I'm slacking a bit. Yeah. Pick it up, will you? Yeah, seriously. Uh, So we'll get to that all coming up. Stay tuned. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. For the first time in two years, it's rivalry week. Kyle Whittingham and the Utes look to make it 10 in a row against the Cougars as the Utes head to Provo for another showdown with BYU. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Ute football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, your Cougars at 30 update. Here's Jaron Hall, BYU QB1. His thoughts on his team performance against the Wildcats on Saturday. No, no, I, I just think, you know, the defense came ready to play. You know, there were a lot of question marks about what type of, you know, team they'll be. They're well coached and they wanted to win. So the defense came out with a, a great scheme and, you know, we just didn't make plays to, to start out. Um, but the second we figured it out, we just started rolling and, you know, it all started to, to pan out. This Cougar at 30 update brought to you by our friends at Marley's Gourmet Sliders. Whether it's the classic Rickster, Killer, Handsome Rob, Pastrami, Fajita, or Killer Breakfast Burritos, don't forget the best shoestring fries out there. Marley's Gourmet Sliders will satisfy any hunger just off 515. Inside Timpanogos, Harley-Davidson, that's Marley's. The best college football coverage in Utah is right here on the Zone Sports Network. We don't quit. Let's go. The Holy War is here. Another chapter in the Utah-BYU rivalry is about to be written. 
And your home for the best coverage of Rivalry Week is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the Day today is The Congos, selected by Gordon and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist insight, go to LiveNation.com. What's the inspiration today, Gordon? Oh, none. Just something different. Okay. I think we've only had The Congos once before for Band of the Day, in my memory, anyway. Yeah, man. Anytime so. you get an accordion in there. That's that's a good uh, choice for band of the day. It's not quite as uh, to the level of a bagpipe, but you know. You're right. It sounds better, yeah. as in I, I. It's good. There's still air moving through space. <laughs> so, anywho, do you like BYU's all uh, royal blue? Uh, yes, I thing? thought they were quite sharp. They kind of they should go back, back thing with the helmet. And they all should that? go back to the royal permanently. I don't know why they left it. In the first place, they did it because they thought they could sell more merchandise with the with the Aggie blue. Well, <laughs> and uh, and and they thought that more people would wear that color. However, that is not true. Uh, the the royal blue uh, stands out quite a bit more. So, here's the thing: once you have your colors, whoever made that decision, whenever it's it's. You're, that's it. That was really? like two, that was like two thousand and one. No, when no, no, no. Like, the they, no screen. switching. No so switching. if you pick purple and uh, fluorescent yellow, those that's are it. your colors. That's your colors. Looking oh. at you, LSU. It, it's not. Or, or, or Vatek with that thing going on with oh, the brown burgundy and, and, and uh, the maroon and, and orange. That yeah, is, yeah. orange. But which is a fantastic maroon, color scheme. But they could never. They could never change it. Being the point. It's it's there. I I'm less. Uh, passionate about this topic when it comes to the pros, although uh, we've seen some bizarre stuff in the pros too. But if you the, the college is all about tradition and connection and alum and all this stuff, once you've got your colors, that's it. You can't have some marketing genius come to you and be like, "Well, if we switch to navy blue, we won't be able to uh, sell more of this." Mer-. And no, you're a you're a university. You have your colors. That's it. Blame your founder or whatever it is if you want, but but yeah, but way back in the day, BYU was a different color. But during those all those years where they were quite quite prominent, they were in royal blue, and so that's what everyone associated with. I don't. I, I, I like the all blue, um, the royal blue. Get rid of the darker blue. I like the all blue, but I like the royal shirt with the white pants better. The helmet was pretty cool. And same thing with Utah. I like the red with white pants better than I like the all red. And I think the reason is because they look like pajamas or something when they're all the same color. Pajamas? I mean, they're good-looking pajamas, but I just don't like it as well. And, I, you know, I have a sense of fashion. I'm just I don't I'm like so to talk do. about that very often. But yeah. I'm blown away by how passionate Jake is about once you pick a color, that's it. No, no switching, never. 
if you're if you're the the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, they've could, cha- they've changed around. A little can bit. you come out with a with a rusty orange and uh, and uh, combine it with a with a sharp big bird yellow? No. <laughs> well, that's that's hardly what BYU has been doing with. Shades of blue. It, it, it is what it is. <laughs> it's because Notre Dame has forest green and Irish green that they switch back and forth with. So which is it? Lame. Whatever was <laughs> they the They also original. have a navy top. Well, navy is part of their color scheme, right? Okay, so gold, navy, and two greens? Screw the green. <laughs> Just go with the gold and the navy. Green, it's the luck of the Irish, yeah, man. They do, they do the green. Lucky green. Yeah. Uh, Pajamas. But, well, I mean, they look good. I mean, they don't look bad. Utah and BYU's uniforms look good. Uh, Some of them. I just, I just prefer not necessarily all all blue or all red, but I do like BYU's all whites and Utah's all whites. I, I do like those. But so if I'm contradicting myself, so be it. Under Armour seems to miss more than Nike, as much as I despise Nike as a company. It seems to me that Under Armour. You better not bring that up with our first guest. Oh well, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Take that back. I, I don't. I don't blame take, the labor. Take that on back. this Labor Day. Take that back. I thought he was a jump man. Well, he's which he's, is uh, a subsidiary Jordan, of Nike, a Jordan brand. I gotcha. Is what he. But not Under Armour. He'd be okay with the Under Armour trash talk. Sure, I'm sure he would. Because Jake said Under Armour misses more than Nike misses. That's what I was saying. So it was a backhanded compliment to Nike. Well, you said, yeah, Nike doesn't miss as bad. (laughs) Yeah, but they suck as a company. Well, yeah, they do some stuff as a a company I'm not wild about. I don't blame him. It's not his fault. Well, he probably wouldn't appreciate you saying that. It's it's the same argument as, Gordon, you don't like things that Apple does, but you still have an iPhone. It's, It's what Jake is saying. Oh, I love Apple products. But I've never said I hated Apple the way Jake just did about Nike. We're talking about human right things here. They that they do the, in they, the dark they, corners of the did earth. They, did they get that straightened out? Who? I thought they supposedly got that worked out so that it was uh, the working conditions were supposedly. Who's they? Now. I don't know. Some the, senator the PR someplace? Department. <laughs> and put a different sign on the front of the manufacturer. <laughs> and we're good now? I don't know. Uh, we shouldn't laugh about that. No, we should not. Uh, but anyway, Tanner Mangum will be on with us at the top of the three o'clock hour. That was really hour. productive. So there's, there's I think a, he will. I don't a know pretty, anymore. Pretty good uh, transition uh, right there. Um, where are we going? Oh, uniform. How did we get distracted on uniforms anyway? I don't know. Gordon asked, did you like the blue on blue? And you, we, it, it struck a nerve with uh, you. Yeah, it did. I was An gonna, exposed uh, a nerve there. Well, but that was that was the right choice. That color blue is a good, <laughs> right. a good blue. Well, bluer uh, than blue. I was going to get it. Should, do we want to get there? Was I guess a little bit of a of a furtherance of the BYU to the Big Twelve story over the weekend, and we can sure, we can dive into that yeah. coming up next. Uh-huh. Uh, we will uh, talk a lot of college football on the show today. Is it is rivalry week? Man, I watched a lot of college football over the weekend. Some uh, of it good, some of it not. Oh man, I I, I watched just about all of it. It was uh, it was kind of fun actually. I liked it. I watched almost none of it. Didn't you? Yeah. I watched the watch ones that, that matter around here. You didn't the watch the scintillating uh, <laughs> Clemson game against Georgia? Six to three or whatever yeah, the final was. Ten to three, yeah. Nope. I saw, saw Mackenzie Milton's uh, one highlight that everyone thought was the best thing in the world. 
I watched I watched that game. I watched bits and pieces of other games. I watched the uh, UCLA LSU game. I watched the uh, pass the BYU uh, Arizona game. Did anybody? Did you watch Utah State? I did watch some of Utah State. Yeah, because yeah. I missed most of that one. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was fun. It is a bummer when the the like big matchup and you're expecting one heck of a game turns out to be a real dud. Well, when you can't score, the only touchdown scored in the entire high, big game of the weekend was an interception return. What? Yeah. What? That's I nice. mean, Georgia. That that's a nice looking defense, but score a point or two, huh? Yeah, save those scores for baseball, right? It's one of those when you look at when you uh, either uh, Clemson or Georgia fan, you look at that game and go, "Oh, I don't know if this is going to be a great year, <laughs> or at least a very exciting one." Yeah, Clemson's got a lot to a lot of work to do, but they were facing a very good defense. But still, you're not used to seeing Clemson uh, struggle like that. Was that one of those games where you wish both teams would lose? Yeah, SEC matchup against an ACC matchup. Yeah, yeah, you go with the ACC every time. Uh, I want them both to lose. Oh, Clemson is different than the rest of the ACC, with yeah, the exception ex- of Notre Dame. Notre Dame lucks out with that. What was that? Florida State's kicker. Uh, folks, don't let your kid grow up to be a kicker. Don't let it happen. I felt for that kid. Okay, but Florida State has the game won. All a dude has to do is kick it through the uprights. There it goes. Off target. Okay. And Notre Dame gets the ball. And there it is. Straight through the uprights. Notre Dame wins. And we sit here and go, oh, geez, Notre Dame is much better than Florida State. Why? Because some five foot eight guy runs out on the field and misses? You're you're missing the the entire point of why that play is a factor. Why? And a lot of people out there are blaming the coach. But the coach did what he should have done, which was give his kicker a better chance to to make the field goal. Blame replay. Because if that wasn't an option to begin with, then that kicker could have just gone out there and done his job. <laughs> I'm, I'm with but, you on but this But because we're so obsessed with getting it right from a certain point of view at a certain time and we don't trust the corrupt morons who are actually calling <laughs> the game, then th- that is the problem. I was so frustrated watching highlight shows over the weekend and being like, why? Talk about the replay. The coach did the right thing and totally screwed his player. Why, why, why is that even an option? And these officials have their heads all the way up their butts. <laughs> why, why? Just just the play's over, moving on to the next play, let the kicker get ready to kick the darn ball. Why is that an option where we have this final millisecond where the coach is like, oh, that! And then to just torture the fans just because they think that's fun, we're going to watch that ball go right <laughs> through the uprights, and then the fans are like, okay, we'll move it closer, no problem, hook to the left. That's not the coach's fault. That's not the kicker's fault. It's replay's fault. Can we get rid of replay, please? In, yeah, in some circumstances, you're right, and that's one of them. I'm torn on it. I am torn on it. Although that uh, Arizona field goal that looked like it may have gone right over the upright, that's where a replay could have helped a little no, bit. No, that was, that was wide. Did you see the one from underneath where the ref yeah, was standing? it was wide. Yeah, was but, it? Yeah, but or no. did it hit where that pole would have been? No, it was, it was wide right. The top, the top of the ball didn't hit where that pole would have been? No, no, it was wide. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> because right or wrong. We just move on. 
We move Why on. Would anybody possibly care about and this? And we curse the referee's name if we even know it. And then you know what? We get up the next morning and everything is fine. I, uh, Why are we so obsessed with it? Uh, it? Everything has to be right, right down to the. We just live with the human element and move on. And then we don't have coaches who ruin. Like I feel bad for that kicker too. I really do. He is the goat on campus for Florida State today. It's not his fault. It's not the coach's fault, even though it kind of is. It's replay's fault. Yeah. I. Uh, you know what the latest thing is with announcers? It's to criticize the decision on the replay review. Everybody's jumping on that. But the replay review gets it wrong half the time. Well, so what are we that's doing? That's their point. What are we doing about it? But I'm not sure you can always tell. I mean, the I worst... saw some calls over the weekend that had there not been a replay review, it it it, it would have been an injustice. So? What do you mean so? So? Don't you want them to get it right? Teams get screwed all the time. Who cares? Who cares? We could just move on. This is not a court of law. This is sports. <laughs> and if you want to boil it down further, it's a television show. So actually ticking off your audience, believe it or not, benefits you. Because then they watch even more because they're pissed. <laughs> Whereas so, extensive replay, they change the channel and never come off. back. Yeah, yeah. And then when your team gets screwed anyway, then what? You just wasted a lot of time. That's okay, right. so Vatek is playing. I don't care. Uh, really? I've seen them get screwed over by replay but, before. But they did. It was a huge game. Yeah, you, they, you they lost care. to Michigan on a Danny Cole reception in the Dern Orange Bowl. You know what I did the next morning? I got out of bed. It's fine. Hey, I'm Jake Scott, and I'm the newest Wahoo. Yeah, but you're different than your average fan. The average fan gets out of bed complaining about something that happened in the game. It could be a 50-point win. They'd be like, you see that quarterback missed that one throw? <laughs> yeah, but that's different. How? Because when when they when when the officials get it, wrong. yeah, I got home from the game an hour earlier. That's how it's different. <laughs> I I I can argue that side of it, but uh, I also like it when they can correct that which is wrong. All right, we turned that that boring uniform talk into something. <sighs> I feel better. <laughs> to you now. More next ninety-seven five <laughs> and twelve eighty. The zone. <laughs> Game week for the Utes in the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. For the first time in two years, it's rivalry week. Kyle Whittingham and the Utes look to make it 10 in a row against the Cougars as the Utes head to Provo for another showdown with BYU. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your Utes at 50 update. Here's Charlie Brewer, quarterback for the University of Utah, talks about what the offense needs to do better. 
just think we need to probably improve on finishing drives. Felt like we probably left at least 14 points out there that we could have had. You know, we need to watch the film and kind of dive into exactly what we need to fix. I know we will, so I, I like the path we're headed on. This update brought to you by Homie. Finally, the way real estate should be full service. Local agents, they'll save you thousands. Homie, a better way to buy or sell. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed financing options available, Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, we're going to have Tanner Mangum join us at the top 3 o'clock hour. We'll get his thoughts on uh, possibly going to the Big 12. But of course it is rivalry week, so we'll talk quite a bit about the rivalry with Tanner. His thoughts about the game against Arizona as well coming up. But uh, there were multiple reports. Um, we saw certainly one out of uh, Sports Illustrated. Gordon that uh, is talking about how BYU and the other three schools could apply for uh, acceptance into the Big 12 this week and that the Big 12, uh, if uh, I read that correctly, is meeting on the 12th of September and could accept it as early as then. So the 12th would be, today's the 6th. What day is that? Is that Sunday? What is it? Sunday, yeah. So BYU fans are a little cautious about this kind of thing because what's happened in the past – but I think this time it looks pretty clear, clearly wide open. Well, it would seem they're quite a bit down the road. As we talked about with Oklahoma and Texas, I mean, you're not applying, you know, you don't just get out of the bed in the morning and say, you know what, I think we'll apply to the SEC. There's been a lot of communication that's gone on leading up to that moment. And I, I'm just curious about the speed in which this is happening. Because the Big 12 doesn't really have to go fast, but they are. So why is that? Is it for leverage against uh, some sort of uh, bargaining thing with uh, other powers that be? See, I don't know because, I mean, it's got to be something like that because, honestly, it's in the Big 12's best interest to go slowly. I'm not saying it's not in their best interest to expand, but it's in their best interest to go slowly because what would seem to me to be in their best interest is you want Texas and Oklahoma to be in your league (laughs) Until 2025, yeah, but just that's... out of pure spite alone. But it's also in your financial best interest. So I would think that that would be the play. Except but... except from a legal standpoint, uh, is there an exit for those two schools that, uh, that could uh, force it earlier rather than later at the Big 12's expense? Well, they... I, don't, I don't know. I don't know the legalese in it. But, tr- you know, typically the grant of rights is pretty – your right, your your television rights are going to us through the year 2025, period. And if you leave, they still come to us. Now, we saw with Maryland, for example, negotiating to get out of the ACC, that in order to get on with life, you come to some sort of price, the school pays it, and, and you move on. But the longer the Big 12 says, uh-uh, the higher that price goes. Yeah, but you're a fractured conference at that point, and... 
do you really? Uh, that reminds me of a coach whose kid one a kid wants to transfer and he's not going to let him just to make him suffer. No, there's a lot of there's millions and millions of dollars at stake. I understand that, and so I get yes, it. but do you really want two members in your conference who absolutely flat out don't want to be there? Hold on, Gordon. Hold the phone for a second here. And I'm agreeing with you that there's something else at play that we're going to find out in this yeah. story because of what I'm telling you. This is the Big 12's leverage. So if they just willy-nilly go, ah, go ahead and do what you do, <laughs> they lose their leverage. Unless they're getting so something. That we, we thank don't... you. But don't argue against the leverage because the leverage is legit. Yeah, so you can I, say, I understand that. Oh, just let them go. No, no, that's not what I'm because saying. Because they'll have, I'm they not, don't want to be get, here anyway. Get, get what you got coming. Go ahead. But they can't do that if they don't play their unless hand. They're, they're playing, unless they're doing this because they already have gotten something underway. That would have to be the case. Yeah. But don't undermine the leverage. You're no, arguing but, against but me that, just to no, argue. But they would do that. No, I'm not arguing against that. I'm just saying they would, they would only do it quickly if something is lined up in that regard. And ESPN doesn't want to get caught up in this thing over the long haul. Yes, they do. They run this thing. <laughs> I understand. They want their cake and eat it, too, but they would just as soon have these teams in the SEC. Correct. But that's not in the Big 12's best interest. No, but that, like I said, if they're getting, if the Big 12's getting concessions, then then okay then. See, this is what you like to do, though. You I'm like not to, arguing you like it. To, I'm agreeing with you. you like to but you're ju- arguing it because you're saying, no, they should hold out longer. Well, maybe they've already gotten what they were looking but for. You, we talked about this on Friday. You like to ignore the art of negotiation and jump right to the handshake. There's like <laughs> 10 steps that have to well, happen maybe, in order what, to get that. But what I'm saying is maybe that's already happened. Maybe that's already happened. Yeah, and that's why. But where, where does the? I'll well, just let them go. Where does that come into play? That, that, well, if you if you've got what you're looking for, is my point. Man, on a Labor Day, you're making me labor over here. So that your your point is is even if it is in your best interest, then you let it. Then you let them go. That's what. No, you're saying. I'm saying, you're saying make sure then, it's then, in your best interest to let them go. Good grief. You're just see. Here's the problem with you, is you want to make it as difficult as possible, even if some agreement has been made. So, just to, for spite, you use that word, and you're you're spiteful. I am spiteful, but you know, I, I bring up there's some curious circumstances here, Gordon, to try and come to the conclusion something else is going on. You jump right to the conclusion, and then when I try to to <laughs> explain to you why that conclusion, uh, we're coming to that conclusion, you argue with me somehow. I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not arguing with that. I'm just saying that you just flat out saying that, oh, they should take their time. They should drag their heels. They should make the make uh, ESPN and that Texas is in their best interest. suffer. Yes. Well, unless they've already got something pretty well clear. Well, thank you for ruining. I'm setting up how you came to that conclusion. <laughs> Unless you just talked to Bob Bowlesby before the show. We've got to explain Bob, how, how we're how getting doing? from A to B. You got that deal all lined up Tanner's so I next. can tell uh, my partner, Jake, that he's full of it? 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. I'm not full of it. That's the point. <laughs>
Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. From the Action Network, Brett McMurphy, College Insider. Is it just a matter of when BYU will receive an invitation, not if they'll receive an invitation? Yeah, it's a matter of not if, but when. Sources told me that BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF would receive an official invite, and it could happen as soon as this month. I thought all along when OU and Texas went to the SEC, the best scenario for BYU was nothing else happens. Because if nothing else happened with the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the ACC, that meant the Big 12 would survive with eight. They would have to reload. And sources that I talked to this past week said, without question, BYU is the clear-cut number one choice for the Big 12. So now it's just figuring out how quickly they can come on board. And by the way, this is all sports. This is not football only. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.